0: And welcome back to Peculiar Journeys, this is episode 69, so thank you so much for coming back. I know, uh, like last week, last uh, episode, I, I explained I've been a little bereft of keeping you updated, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to keep uh, keep these kings coming. i got a lot of good stories, why not uh, tell the stories, right? Um, you know, right now we're in a pandemic. You know, we've all read about it. We all know about it. Most of us are self-isolating as best we can. Some are pretending like it's not really a big deal. And I understand that because, honestly, when when things kind of came down and started to, to heat up, I, I thought maybe there was a little Chicken Little going on. Um, and it's turned out to be quite, quite an event, quite a, a monumental and sort of historic event Now, one of the things here in Las Vegas, um, over three hundred and fifty thousand people have been laid off in the last two weeks, laid off or furloughed, and so these are there's there's I mean there's the, the the population of a small city inside of Las Vegas of people who are now. Penniless. I mean, they don't have any income coming in. Um, they, you know, they don't have money for rent. They don't have money for food. They don't know where and when things are gonna lift and they're gonna actually be able to get income again. Um, our casino, all the casinos are closed, all the bars, all the restaurants, everything is closed here in Las Vegas. And I read, uh, it was a Forbes article. It was like the top five cities most devastated economically by this uh, pandemic shutdown. Um, and four of the five were effectively Las Vegas and satellite suburbs of Las Vegas. One was someplace in Mississippi. Um... It, we're getting our asses kicked here in Las Vegas. This is a hospitality town. This is a drinking town. This is a party town, and all the parties have been shut down. And so uh, I'm 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 one of the few lucky ones in that I'm a manager of a casino. And so we've uh, while we're shut down, um, I will say that uh, the company that I work for, Stations Casino. Yeah, station casinos um, have been very, very cool, um, unlike some of the other casinos here in town and corporations, is that they have, uh, you know, basically everybody's gone home, but they are paying everybody's regular salary through April 30th, which is quite good. Um, I mean, it's not indefinite and it's certainly not, you know, hey, rock and roll. It's not the free ride that everybody would love to have, but it is something. And in the meantime, because I'm management, um, I'm still coming to the Still come to the casino. I'm, uh, you know, I did a deep clean of our bar because I'm the bar manager. Um, they're going to paint the bar floor. The we've had engineers on property doing things, and then for the most part, because I am a salaried employee and I'm a manager, I have to, We we have to have a manager on site 24 hours a day because we've got. Uh, hourly security officers that will need uh, their keys checked out, all kinds of stuff. So I'm here, and uh, that's sort of in you know, on the days that I'm not working, Dana and I find things to do. Uh, we watch a lot. I've been watching a lot of fucking TV. I watched all of Picard. You know, I get the CBS streaming access for a, a free month, so I'm going to you know suck all the free out of CBS until I just say, yeah, okay, I've done all that. I don't need to see any more. Cancel um but uh we've done netflix we've done you know there's all kinds of, we're doing a lot of reading we're Doing a lot of writing obviously i'm podcasting some so there yeah that's kind of what's going on here in las vegas that's sort of like the pandemic schedule uh i'm starting to lose my shit a little bit because i don't have my gym to go to um but uh you know there are they're, they're alternate ways There's parks we tend to go to parks and and hang out and uh and that kind of stuff. So that that's kind of what's going on five days a week. I am uh, here at the casino for about eight hours. And then the rest of the time, Dana and I just hang out. We go to parks where there's not a lot of people and kind of keep our distance from people. Um, we go to the grocery store. Uh, we pretty much are doing exactly what we're supposed to do, which is to, you know, quarantine ourselves, self-isolate, isolate, spend a lot of time in our, our little one-bedroom apartment in our apartment complex, which has been very cool. I'm very glad, uh, I'm, I'm certainly very glad that, number one, we have a place to go, and number two, I'm getting paid during this interim so that we have rent to pay so we don't have to dick with anything. All our bills are, are going to be paid, at least through May. We'll see how long this goes. And I hope, as you're listening, that you are taking care of yourself, that you're not getting sick, that you are doing your best to self-distance, that you have plenty of fucking toilet paper. What the fuck is that, guys? What the fuck is this toilet paper thing? I mean, I really fundamentally do not understand the hoarding of toilet paper during a pandemic. I mean, of all the things that you would want to hoard, wouldn't canned goods or juice... Or something other than fucking toilet paper be sort of your high priority. I just I I'm I'm mind blown by the toilet paper thing. Um, If anybody can explain it, go ahead and email me and let me know what the fuck the toilet paper thing is. Because I just I it's just I can't think of this. It's like to me, it's like uh, you got a hurricane coming and so you hoard air fresheners. Why? What the fuck is? I don't get it. I do not get it. Um, so there's that. So, uh, with that in mind, um, that's what's been going on here at, uh, on, on the Las Vegas front. Um, I, I realized one of the things I, I will say is that I realized, uh, you know, cause one of the, one of the big questions, why would you move to Las Vegas? And this is over a year ago. And, you know, the answer at the time was a lot of change, that kind of stuff. Well, one of the things that Dana and I talked about early on was that we were really not into the 24 hour, party scene, the gambling scene. She and I gamble, but very, very little. Um, I have a whole process of how I gamble and it's very controlled because I know that I'm one of those addictive types that if I just let myself gamble, I'd just fucking spend all my money fucking trying to chase that financial dragon. Dana uses other people's money. She finds, uh, you know, change and and tickets that are left over and that kind of stuff. She plays that. And she actually does quite well with it. Um, But, you know, we don't... We're really not into the Vegas lifestyle that much. We've gone to some shows. We like to go to some of the clubs. But for the most part... It's not her thing. Well, with everything shut down, it makes me realize exactly why I like living in Las Vegas. And it's not that I like living in Las Vegas. It's that I like living in Nevada. I like the Southwest. I like the desert. I like the landscapes. I like the fact that I can open my door in the morning, walk out and I see mountains. I see these beautiful fucking mountains surrounding us, on all sides of us, because Vegas is in a valley. It's it's a pretty extraordinary experience, and kind of recognizing in the absence of all the trappings of Las Vegas that I actually like this place, despite or in absence of sort of the Las Vegas sort of lifestyle. It's, uh, it's, it's I think it's going to make it when things come back, and it will come back. I will probably appreciate it a little bit more, and maybe in a different way. So there's that. And now, let's tell a few stories. The first day, as a casino manager, as I was being trained by Elise and Catherine on the day-to-day goings-on of the wild, wild west, the very first day, I encountered my first prostitute. She was dressed all in pink and cat's ears, like a, a thing on her head that's cat's ears, a pink uh, wig. You know, black woman. She was. And she and she asked to bum a cigarette from me, which I don't have. And I explained to her. Well, Elise, who is an experienced manager at that moment, saw that happen and walked and in, intervened and said, "You cannot." Uh, solicit cigarettes on the floor, we're gonna have to ask you to leave. Well, of course, this crack whore just goes nuts and starts getting up in Elise's face and starts. So I step in and said, No, no, calm down. Let's kind of, I don't have any cigarettes, but yeah, you're gonna have to leave. And so I'm very gently trying to escort her out. She is going ape shit. And as I'm walking her to the thing, she starts screaming, You fired! You fired! And I thought to myself, Well, I've I've just added to my bucket list. I have been fired by a crack whore. I mean, how many people in the NPR set can say that a crack whore fired them on the spot in a casino? I think I'm the only one. And one of the things that I've noticed dealing with prostitutes on our property, and we have quite a few, is that prostitutes are actually the original freelancers. You know, they're they they, they they're always, they, they're they doing their own service, they're fighting for their money, they set their own rates, they negotiate those rates, they provide a service, and then they have to chase people down to get the money. It's kind of crazy that way. I recall, I'm standing and I get a call over to the front desk, and it's a MOD, and we have a guest opportunity, and guest opportunity means we have a problem. So I come over, and here's this young lady. Now, she's not dressed like a prostitute. She's dressed just like a person. And so I don't automatically, you know, prostitutes have a certain costume that they wear. Um, This one was not wearing any kind of costume, just looked like a regular lady. And she is furious. Now, she's, I I, I assumed Ethiopian um, because of her accent, and she had some broken English, didn't really have a great command of the English language, but she was doing the best she could. And her problem was that she was locked out of her room. and they would not give her a key so that she could get into her room so i said well hold on let me find out what's going on well she's she wants to get in her room she just wants someone to let her in to her room and so I, i walk over to our front desk and i ask what the situation is and what the situation is is that she is not on the manifest she's not on the folio so she didn't check the room out her boyfriend that's what she said. Her boyfriend checked into the room, and she's just not on the list. And we cannot give out a key um, without the person that actually rented the room. I mean, it's just basic practice on any hotel. So I go to her, and I said, well, here's the deal. I said, you need to give your boyfriend a call and have him come here and put you on the room so that you can get a copy of the key. And we're glad to we're glad to make that. Well, that's not going to happen. You call him. You call him. I, I, I said, well, don't you have... Don't you have, you know, his number in your phone? You know, she, she said, well, no, you call him. you got his number. And so now I'm starting to, to get a picture. And I said, well, what's your boyfriend's name? And she didn't know her boyfriend's name. That's when I knew what was probably going to unfold. So I went over and I, I I said, what room number was it? 6 6 So I go over and I I go into the computer and I look 610. Sure enough, whoever was in there had already checked out and had bugged out. He was no longer on the property. He'd taken all his stuff and left. And so I go to her and I say, well, apparently your boyfriend has checked out and left you here. Um, I'm sorry, we cannot let you in the room and we cannot go in the room. She says, but he's got my money. And at this point, I know I know exactly what has gone down, is that she's a pro, and he brought her into his room, and they fucked, or had a blowjob, or whatever whatever it is they did, and he said that he'd get the money, and she could stay the night, and he'd have the room for her, and all this kind of stuff, and, he, and then he ditched. Well, ask any freelancer, any freelancer doing anything that's freelance, and to, and ask them if they've had an ever had an experience that was similar to that, and I bet they can find uh, a similarity between their own experience. At one point, one day. There's a guy and he's over in the sports book and he''s, he's Donnie from Chicago. This guy's probably six, five. He's got tattoos all the way up on his neck, all the way up to his chin, white guy. He's got two black prostitutes with him. and all he's doing is driving everybody off away from the sports book because he's so loud talking about his dick getting some black pussy. And, and you know, and so a lot of our regular players are just starting to gravitate away. So the bartender calls me over and says, yeah, can you do something about this guy? So I walk over and he is really, really loud and he's chasing everybody by. And I walked over and said, uh, yeah, can I said, yeah, can I have a second? And he's, yeah, what's up? And I said, uh, hi, I'm Don he says I'm Donnie from Chicago I said oh well I'm I'm from Chicago as well I said nice to meet you where where in Chicago are you from you know we kind of make some small talk I said well here's the deal Donnie I said uh, I said you're really loud I said I don't I don't begrudge it but you're really loud and you're kind of chasing people away and so I need you to maybe have a little bit less fun or maybe just more quiet fun while you're here on our property and of course he gets bowed up he chests into me he's like motherfucker he pulls out a lot of cash. I'm spending all this fucking money. Just goes on and on and on and on. And I just stand my ground. Uh, sure enough, one of my security officers walks up behind me and just stands there. And I said, "Listen, Donny. I said I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with you. I said I'm not here to, to bust your chops. I'm simply giving you a choice. And your choice is now. Now that you've gotten sort of aggressive with me, I said your choices are pretty simple. You can calm down. You can tone it down. And you can enjoy yourself. Enjoy your drinks. Enjoy watching the football. Um, enjoy your 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 friends. Whatever." you want to do I said or um, if you can't tone it down then I'm gonna walk your happy ass out of here that's what's gonna happen and if you are in the hotel I'm gonna remove it I'm gonna evict you and I'm gonna make a DNR do not rent to you and these are your choices so you make the choice I'm not here to tell you what choice to make but this is the choice I'm giving you so you're either gonna calm down tone it down have a good time but not at the expense of everybody else or You're getting the fuck out of here. What's it gonna be? He instantly changes his tune. He instantly, I'm sorry. I just, I get a little loud, I get a little drink and you know, and I've got my girls here and all this. I said, you know, I said, it's all right, Donnie. I said, I want you to have a good time, but you got to tone it down. I said, because you're chasing everybody else. Well, sure enough, Donnie starts apologizing to people around him, he's buying drinks. And then he introduces me to finesse who is the more literate or more well-spoken or the less cracked out, methed out of his two hookers. Um, And Finesse, introduces me, he says, I want you to make sure that you take care of her. Um, I've got a room for a week. And... uh, you know, I want to make sure if she needs anything, that you're here to help her. And I said, you know, I will look out for Finesse. And I introduced myself, and everything's good. Well, sure enough, you know, they go off, and the next afternoon, Finesse comes in with her friend, and they're just kind of hanging around. And she comes over, and she says that, uh, that asked me if I've seen Donnie. And I said, well, I, I said, Did, didn't he have a room for like a week? She said, yeah, but they would locked her out of, locked him out of, their, her, his room and now they don't have a place to stay and you know it, effectively what happened was Donnie said I'll rent you the room for the week he didn't rent the room for the week he checked out and left them he fucked him and then he left him and you know it's 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 a sad fact that that's kind of how it works sometimes with the prostitutes on our property I find the prostitutes um, on the property at the Wild Wild West to be sort of a source of pity. I mean, I do, I genuinely feel bad for these young ladies. They are kind of, none of them chose this as their way of making money none of them did Uh, some of them got into drugs you know through drugs some of them just kind of fell into the wrong crowd didn't know what they were doing and now this was easy money some of them are former strippers Um, some of them are literally just people that came to vegas with a dream of making it in vegas and just didn't and so i have a lot of empathy for these young ladies and so i try to be as humane while making sure, I mean, a lot of people think that uh, prostitution is legal in Las Vegas, and it is not legal in Las Vegas. Um, you know, it's it's, it's still illegal. Um, but my perspective is, you know, this is this is sort of a town of degenerates um, in some level, and I I I genuinely I, I want I want each one of them to not feel all the time sort of uh, look down upon because I know a lot of people, um, especially in the industry that I'm in, really look at prostitutes as just the lowest form of humanity and I actually don't see it that way. Um, I, I really do see that, that prostitutes are just freelancers, and instead of doing copywriting or cons- consultation on events or graphic design or social media brand marketing, blah fucking blah, blah they're using the only talent that they really have, which is their ability to fuck, their, their ability to woo, to flirt, to negotiate price, and then to hopefully get paid, and so many of them don't get paid. So many of them are beaten and abused. Um, it's a sad. It's a sad life. They put on a brave face. Um, some of them are very angry and and and, and deservedly so. Um, but what I always try to do is is introduce myself just as the manager. Let them know the rules are they cannot solicit uh, on the casino floor and they can't be on the property soliciting, and that's against the law, and I will have to, you know, run them out if they are. But most of them, because they know me to be the nice manager, they know when they come into the casino, they're going to bring their own money. They're going to play some slots. They're going to buy some drinks of their own. And if they find a mark, as long as they don't solicit that mark on, on my floor, then I have no business telling them anything else. It's just one of the things that uh, is very interesting about this very smi- sm- small, this tiny corner of Las Vegas, Nevada that I happen to work in. And that is episode 69. Um, I hope it makes you think, I hope it makes you laugh, and I hope that you uh, have a great, great week. Stay out of the pandemic, enjoy yourself, um, be safe. This has been another episode of the Peculiar Journeys podcast. For archived episodes go to donhall.vegas slash podcast to hear stories of Chicago, of Millennium Park, and of the big move to Las Vegas. If you dig the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and review the show. If you really dig it, why not go to patreon.com slash journeys and help fund the endeavor. Whatever you decide to do, thank you for listening, and I hope you come back for more of my peculiar journeys.